This episode of Awards Chatter is brought to you by Universal Television, presenting Girls 5 Eva. Girls 5 Eva follows a one-hit wonder 90s girl group who attempts a comeback while hilariously navigating family and relationships, plus the joys and pains of middle age. The show stars Sarah Bareilles, Renee Elise Goldsbury, Paula Pell, and Busy Phillips. Don't miss the series critics call the funniest show on television. Girls 5 Eva is now streaming on Netflix and is for your Emmy consideration for Outstanding Comedy Series and all other eligible categories. Hi, everyone, and thank you for joining us for the 444th episode of Awards Chatter, the Hollywood Reporters Awards podcast. I'm the host, Scott Feinberg, and this special live episode is being recorded at the Cannes Film Festival in the Campari Lounge of the festival's historic palais in front of an audience of movie lovers from around the world. Before we get down to business, I want to offer a tremendous thanks to the organizers of this event, Curtis Thompson, Allison Smith-Plazer, and Nicole Onofre. Um, and The Hollywood Reporter is delighted to be partnering on today's event with SAG-AFTRA and to be joined today by its Chief Communications and Marketing Officer, Pamela Greenwalt, and who brings greetings from President Fran Drescher and National Executive Director Duncan Crabtree, Ireland. We also want to recognize Anouk Van Den Bush, Head of Communications for the International Federation of Actors, who is with us today on behalf of FIA President Gabrielle Carteris, uh, also Johan Goujon with the Society of French Actors and our distinguished guests from European Cinema Guilds and Societies. As for my guest on the podcast, we couldn't ask for a more perfect one for our first episode ever recorded in France than the Queen of Cannes, a distinguished French actress who first attended this festival in 2010 and has rarely missed an edition since, having had more than a dozen films screen here including two this year, David Cronenberg's Crimes of the Future and Mia Hansen Love's One Fine Morning, and having also served on the jury in 2018. I personally will always associate Cannes with her because my first time covering the fest nine years ago happened to be another year in which she had two films here, and I had the pleasure of interviewing her for the first time shortly before one of them, Blue is the Warmest Color, was chosen by a Steven Spielberg-led jury to receive the Palme d'Or and with specific instructions to present that highest of can honors, not only to the film's director, but also for the first and still only time to its stars as well. Though she is still just 36, she can already boast a filmography that includes three Best Picture Oscar nominees, two Bond films, and dozens of European art house standouts. The Los Angeles Times wrote that she is, quote, among the contemporary screen's most compelling performers, close quote, and, quote, can bring whole lives into focus or wrap them in mystery with a glance or gesture, close quote. As Cannes director Terry Fermeau once put it, she is Bardot plus Binoche plus Kate Moss, sometimes all three at once, close quote. And today she is our guest, so would you please join me in welcoming Lea Seydoux. We're so happy to have you here. Thank you for doing Thank you. this. Thank you so much. To begin with, we got to talk about Cannes. Uh, you are synonymous with this place. Um, it's it's incredible just in such a short time how many films you've had play here, which just being accepted here is the highest of honors. I wonder um, when you think of Cannes, first of all, can you share your earliest memory of being here and then also what it's come to mean to you? 
So, um, yes, I've been, um, I don't remember exactly the first time I came here. I think I was, uh, it was in, you, you, you told me in 2007. <laughs> I, I think. And, um, and it was, uh, actually it was for a short film. Yes. Um, and I, I remember, um, that we all slept, we were young actors and we all slept in a convent, mm -hmm. uh, not so far <laughs> from here. And it was a bit like for me, you know, Cannes was like, I mean, it was, it, 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 I had like no idea exactly what it meant at the time. And, um, no, I was just very happy to be here. And then the, the second time I came here was for a, a movie I did with, um, Ridley Scott. It was Robin Hood. And, um, so it was the, the, the first time that I was actually like, uh, that I had a real part in a, in a big film. And, um, but they, they, they just, um, forgot me on the carpet. <laughs> so. so they're all posing and you're... Yeah, I was like, just by myself, right. a bit lost. And I remember I was, I mean, I'm still, but I was at the time very shy. And so I was like alone on the carpet and... That will never happen again here in Cannes. Yes, I think uh, they won't forget you. But um, and just now, I mean, all, last year, unfortunately, you you couldn't be here in person, but you had four films at once. That's something that is almost unheard of. And now two again, not the first time. Now, when you come back, having had all this experience, if you were telling somebody who was here for the first time what Cannes is all about, which I believe you you uh, did in our cover story for your cover girl for this week's Hollywood Reporter, Mia Galupo, did that piece with you. But I mean, just for somebody listening, um, what have you learned about Cannes? I mean, oh, it's, uh, it's like, I think I've had like my, my, my best emotions here because, um, because of the, because of, in 2013, I, I, we, we received with, uh, with my co-star, we received the, the biggest prize. Yeah. We had the, um, the golden palm. So um, that moment is just now, you know, it's, it's, it's a moment that is part of my life. And, uh, and it was just, um, I mean, it was amazing. So, so for me, Ken is, is is the, the the golden palm and and all the 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 emotion that went also with this movie that was really hard to make, uh, but um, I mean I'm I'm it's um, I mean it's it's a celebration of cinema you know it's it's we're all here to share our passion and uh, it's just amazing to meet like direct filmmakers from all around the world and it's. Uh, it's a pure joy and excitement, and it's just, yeah. That's no, great. Well, now I'm going to do what we normally start out with on this podcast, just the, the real basics for anyone who doesn't know. Where were you born and raised, and what did your parents do for a living? Uh, I was born in Paris. I was born in the, in the Quartier Latin, which is like, I don't know if you know this uh, neighborhood, but it's... Um, you have all the cinemas, um, and um, yeah, so in Paris, yeah. uh, in uh, 1985, uh, and uh, my parents, my father is um, um, like he he makes uh, drones. Mm -hmm. Drones, <laughs> wow! All right, drones. 
<laughs> yes, you heard it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and um, and my mom, you, she, she was, she 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 was a producer. Like she produced two films, um, and uh, she she wrote a book, and then she now have um, she has a um, she works in Africa with um, with artists, and and, and uh, she 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 also uh, created um, a school for children there. And there was kind of a, a crazy thing in her life before you came along, I think, where. She, she was never setting out to be an actress. That wasn't a desire. And then she ended up in a kind of a classic film, right? Yes. It, what happened? But she, she's not an. She has never been an actress. Yeah. And I, I've, I've I've read this that, uh, but it, yeah. like never, never. She's very shy, so that's not her thing. But she uh, accidentally she 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 played in um, in uh, Anous Amour from Maurice Piala which is now uh, an iconic film because she was um, she was the costume designer and uh, i think there was like uh, someone missing for a scene and so they ask he asked her to 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 be in the in the scene That's and so you can you can uh, you, you you see her we 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 look alike well there, yeah absolutely i saw yeah. pictures i thought it was like looking at you yeah um so one of the just reading things uh, to prepare for this, there there seem to be two common incorrect assumptions. One is that you're an actress because she's an actress, which, as you've just said, is not the case. But the second is that you have other members of your family who are very distinguished in this business from studios, uh, Pathé, Gaumont, that, oh, well, then surely that must be related to why you got in this business, which itself is also not correct. You were, in fact, pretty far down the road with a very different career, right? You were going to be a singer? Oh, yeah. No, I loved, I loved singing when I was, when I was a kid, but um, no, I wish, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I wish I had like a, a great talent for that, but uh, um, no, yeah, I, I just... Um, I started like um, accidentally, I think, in this business. Yeah. Well, and, and th that story maybe we can get into a, a bit because like many people who we've had on this podcast or many people in your profession, a guy signs up to be in an acting class because he has a crush on a girl or some variation of that. Well, it works the other way too, right? I mean, how, what, was, what was the story for you? Well, it's a very long story. <laughs> just, so you want to know how it started, Please. right? Yes, yeah. yes. Take your time. Yeah. So, so I was, um, so I was a bit lost as a as a kid. Like I was, I was not good at school, um, and um, I didn't have any like real passion. Uh, I was very shy, and I, I struggled to to. Uh, to just um, like express myself, and um, I remember that uh, when I was about like 18, I met uh, someone who he was like. I mean, I met someone. I met a girl who was in, in my class, um, and she was obsessed with cinema. She was like, "Yeah, I want to work. I want to do cinema. I want to work in cinema." And I was like, oh, "Okay, well, why not?" And then she was um, she was um, 
she had like a, she was hanging hanging out with uh, actors, mm -hmm. and uh, she she just um, took me with her, and um, I met um, I met I, I met um, I met an actor mm -hmm. uh, at that time, and uh, and so this is how I just like started to meet with actors, and I was like, wow, that's so great being an actor. You're just you have so much freedom. You can you can. You're, you're, you, you can work whenever you want. Uh, you have like, uh, you're in a way your own master. Yeah. And, uh, that was to me very appealing. And, uh, I was like, oh, I want to be free, like, like, uh, uh, like an actor. And, uh, and then, but I was not very like ambitious. Mm -hmm. And a little like, like at, at that same time, I, I, I met an actor. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, I had like a, a love at first sight, <laughs> <laughs> and I had like a big crush for him. And I didn't really know who he was in his films. And I, but but then I started to watch his films, and I fell in love with him. And I thought, oh my God, he's just—it's amazing the films that he's that he's doing, the, the filmmakers he's working with. Uh, I want to be like him. I want to. I want to work with with like the same kind of directors and and then the desire. It really like it amplified my yeah. desire. It just uh, it gave me an ambition in a way. And but what I have to say is that this actor I was totally in love with. I was like trying to meet him, yeah. like and uh, he was extremely pretentious. <laughs> Actors, he right? Was, <laughs> he was very, very pretentious, and um, and so um, he was like he would like so be very um, uh, um, yeah he wouldn't like pay attention to me and and I thought okay I'm gonna show him <laughs> that that I can be a great actress right. and that. I, I, I wanted to exist for him right. in a way. And so it really gave me... It's, the it's, drive. Yeah. yeah, it gave me the drive. Well, and, what's, what's become of and, him? And so I thought, like, <laughs> one day he will see me, like, on a poster, and he will not, like, he... he look, look over there. Look, no, look out the window. Crimes of the future. There's a poster going around. And I think that might be him sleeping next to the tree over there. Uh, <laughs> Well, I think you uh, you came out better on that one. So that's great. Uh, now, one of the keys to your success has been that you can you are able to uh, hold your own on both sides of the Atlantic because you are bilingual. That happened as a child, right? You know, that was somebody said. And it's not just because you're bilingual. Obviously, there's a lot of other, a lot of people are bilingual and are not not sitting here. But um, but just that learning English, wanting to work beyond France, was that always important to you? No, I mean it was like it just happened, yeah. you know. And um, no, I, I I went to America when I was young, when I was very young, and I was I didn't speak English. Mm -hmm. I was. Uh, very shy, mm -hmm. and uh, it was it was it, but it was uh, interesting to to understand uh, the culture from you know um, like uh, from the inside, mm -hmm. and 
I really have to thank my father for that because uh, because I think it's a great like I mean he just it's a great window it's you know I was and and so yeah but I I, I it was like summer camp yeah I was <laughs> and, it was also, a summer camp yeah but here's the best yeah. might there have been a TV show that was also helpful I believe you might have been a fan of Saved by the Bell oh yes I was <laughs> yes I was. <laughs> That's a, so that helps. Hey, if it, it's the reason you're here, then it's uh, that's that's great. Part of the reason. Yeah, um, but uh, yeah, so I so I yeah, I had the chance to travel as a as a kid, and and um, but um, but but um, yeah, I mean it's my 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 English is better now. Yeah, than well, it used to be. So the first you mentioned it started maybe with a short film that was here and other short films like that. What was it like, I guess, what was the first opportunity to be in a movie that was going to be seen by other people? And what was that like for you to see yourself on the big screen for the first time? It was terrible. I cried. <laughs> <laughs> no, I couldn't stand myself. I mean, still, it's, it's a difficult thing, but um, I'm, I'm not like, now it's like when, you know, it's like once I've I've done it, I've done the, the the thing. I just it's it's not my. I mean, I I don't do it for myself. I I act for, for people. I mean, I act to to. To just uh, my my main goal is just to touch people. Yeah, that's all I want. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think the first time you did a movie where, um, you were central and a lot of people noticed it was. This movie, The Beautiful Person, in 2008, you're playing, it's just, first of all, just two years into acting at all, right? French film, sort of modern version of 17th century novel, La Princesse de Cleves, Cleves, brought you a lot of personal acclaim, Cesar nomination for Most Promising Actor, which you'd get another one two years later. But in, you said also at the time, it was also like your, quote, first family in a way, close quote. So how did that movie change things for you and why, why was it like a first family? Uh, it's a, uh, when you say first family, you mean like a, well, it sounds, I think, like, I, like a family, but, but for me, like cinema is my family. Okay. Yeah. And, um, so your first time in a, yeah, yeah. But it, it, yeah. Um, and this is a new girl at a school yes. who, Tempts her Italian teacher. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Um, so I, so so yeah, it was the first time that I was doing a film that really had like a, a meaning for me, um, because uh, I was working with a director that I, that I that I love, that I loved at the time, and it was my dream to work with him. Uh, it's Christ his name is Christophe Honoré, and uh, I was a huge fan of him, and so I was very impressed when I did that film. And uh, but I was still like not very uh, conscious in a way of you know what it was to like really like play a character and and uh, so but but it, it was I still have that very vividly in my in my in my in my head. It's it's I remember this shooting. It was really intense for me, and uh, yeah, I I got to. Uh, to play uh, this uh, Princesse de Clèves, and it yeah. was, uh, um, I mean, it was, it was, um, yeah, it was, I really, I was like, 
It was a dream coming true. Yeah. And it really, I guess, is what put you on the radar for a lot of people all around the world because pretty soon after that, a year after that, it's a small, these are small parts at first, but like you're in a major Hollywood movie for the first time, uh, Inglorious Bastards, opening scenes for, for Tarantino. If people want to remember, think back, this is when Christoph Waltz's deranged Nazi shows up at this house and starts terrifying the guy and his daughters. You're one of the daughters. Yeah. And you said that you were first time working with like A-list director, Tarantino, but also you probably only needed to be there for like a few days, but you stayed there a long time. What was that about? And what did you, what did you because, like? Because that's how he, how Quentin yeah. likes to work. Yeah. He likes to work with um, his actors and be surrounded by his actors because it's really it's his family mm -hmm. um and so i remember no i just i did the uh, uh, casting uh, for inglorious bastards and he he did it himself quentin like he gave me the the lines yeah. like uh, and it was very funny uh so i met him and um and we just like we rehearsed the scene and uh he he gave me that little part it, it, i was like so he uh, he no no he just uh, like and he so he asked me to to play this little part and I, and I spent like yes I think like maybe like more than a month on set with him but it was it was really nice like being I'm really like I don't know if you remember but I'm really like it's like couple lines <laughs> not even a line I think but it's it's like it was just nice to be like with him and you know the the, the cast and and uh, yeah well so that was 2009 ends up with a Best Picture nomination in that movie. Um, so again, more people are starting to discover you. The next year is Robin Hood, which we mentioned. And, uh, you know, somebody at Cannes needs, needs to lose their job over not appreciating, uh, appreciating your promise at that point. But then the next year is your first time with a real meaty role opposite a very famous actor who happens to be your fellow Palme d'Or winner tom cruise uh and this was mission impossible ghost protocol you are sabine moreau an assassin plotting to kill him um and i believe you were there because he asked for you right tom cruise that's what i've heard really i think he I was know. a fan <laughs> you didn't that's not what you've heard no i didn't I, I i how did it how did it come to your attention I think like they called me uh, and just asked me if I wanted to work in Mission Impossible. Like I didn't do any casting, nothing. And uh, I think they had to replace an actress. That's what I heard, but I don't know. Okay. Uh, but uh, anyway, I was like, uh, I, I loved, I mean, it was, I mean, I have, the part is a bit bigger than in uh, Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> in Glorious Bastards, but it was great. I was really happy. It was my first action movie. Mm -hmm. And I remember I was, um, so sitting opposite uh, Tom Cruise and I was just mesmerized. Mm -hmm. Like really, <laughs> like I couldn't, like, I think I, 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 I forgot to say my line. Because I was like, <laughs> I was looking at him. He was so, like, he's so powerful. Yeah. You know? So... Um, and then, yeah, it was, a it, was a, it was a really nice uh, experience. Now, you, you, another kind of really interesting, uncommon thing about your career is that you go from these tiny little indies to like a giant thing like that. And I wonder, is it more challenging to craft an interesting performance when you've got so much stuff going on 
around you, or do you, is that just something you easily adapt to? I think that acting is something difficult, mm -hmm. and uh, I think it's difficult. But what what I what I like as an actress is to to adapt myself, mm -hmm. and uh, I want to adapt to the genre yeah. in a way. Yeah. So when I work with Kishish, for example, mm -hmm. uh, Blue's the warmest color director, I try to be like to melt in the in his um, in his like vision yeah, well, in a way. Is. Yes, yeah. like when I worked with Wes, for mm -hmm. example, Wes and Anderson. Mm -hmm. It's, it's uh, the same thing. It's, you, you have to catch like a, this special pace. It's, you know, it's a way like actors have a certain way of just, uh, yeah, exactly. And so, so yeah, when I, when I work in, um, when I, yeah, like I try to, to just to adapt myself. No, and, I mean, and, and David now, David Cronenberg, yeah. uh, uh, it's, it's, Another, way, yeah, it's yeah. very specific. So it's and it's what I like. I mean, it's just uh, the challenge of it, and and uh, also to understand in a way the 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 the, the, the filmmaker's vision, mm -hmm. and uh, they all have their different language, and this is what I'm interested about yeah. is the all those kind of different language and yeah. and just to collaborate yeah. with the director yeah. and. Well, you work so much that you've probably experienced every kind of character that there is as a, with directors. Um, one of whom was, this is best picture nominate nominee number two in the same year as mission impossible ghost protocol is midnight in Paris for Woody Allen, who, you know, complicated guy. But the fact of the matter is more women have been nominated for Oscars for acting in his movies than any other filmmaker. And I guess I just wonder if you can pinpoint just in terms of on set, what make, or maybe it's on the page or whatever, what, why is that? What is it like as an actress to be, to work with this guy? With Woody? Yeah, and on your home turf, of course, yeah. with Midnight in Paris. Yeah, I mean, I had a great experience. Uh, I'm, I'm a huge fan of his work. And uh, same, like, I was very impressed when I met him. Uh, we, we, we shot in Paris. Mm -hmm. uh, it was, uh, I remember, it was a beautiful, a beautiful summer. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and it was, I mean, yeah, it was, it was just mm -hmm. great. And, and yeah, at so. the time, I mean, whatever, I was like, he just, like, he didn't see me. Like, he, he saw pictures of me. Yeah. And... Uh, and he just asked me, like, uh, if, how my hair, the length of my hair. And he said, okay, well, that's good. Uh, <laughs> I said, you have, like, long hair? I said, no. They are like, no, they, yeah, you have a hair. Nah, nah. And so he said, okay, well, see you tomorrow. And it just, like, uh, just came, just show up on, you know, on, yeah. on set. And it was. Uh, he, I, I've heard he doesn't, like, speak very much. But, um one of the best movies that I, I think, my two cents that you've starred in, which more people should see, was the Swiss Oscar entry for 2012 called Sister, Ursula Meyer. You're playing this kind of screw up of an older sister to this young boy who's a thief at a ski resort, which is near where they live. And, and I guess it's interesting because this bring, comes back to what we were talking about, how you'll go from small to giant movies. You were doing this, I think, at the same time as Mission Impossible. Yes. And now, so you're coming literally continent to continent to shoot these. 
and you're dealing with a little kid on this this one. I don't know what 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 was it from your perspective? Was it a special? I mean, it, I think it turned out pretty beautifully. Well, thank you. No, it's just a, I, I, it's just adaptation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but um, but I did the same thing when I was shooting uh, James Bond in in London, and at the same time shooting um, uh, with Xavier Dolan. Yeah, you know, just it's being, only the end of the world. Yeah, yeah, it's only the end of the world, and same like it's so like. The, Two, two very opposite worlds, uh, and um, and same here. I just did a film with Mia on Saint Love, yeah. and uh, I, I sh in between I shot uh, Crimes of the Future. <laughs> it's just a little, a little. How do you keep yourself straight? How do you keep things straight? You ever forget where you're, what you're doing? At the wrong yeah, sometimes, sometimes I do. Sometimes, yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so that same year as as Sister, you get your first. Best Actress Cesar Award nomination for Farewell, My Queen. And then the, right after that is the beginning of, I think, the person you've worked with maybe more than anybody else, Wes Anderson. You've done two movies, but also other stuff with him. How did you guys... So the first movie, it was this little part in 2013 in Grand Budapest Hotel, Best Picture nominee number three that we've referenced here. But you and he started before that. It was... How did you and he kind of hit it off. I met Wes um, on a commercial, mm -hmm. but he wasn't there. He was, <laughs> he was just rem remotely directing you? Yeah. Oh yes. my God. And so, uh, 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 and just, uh, so that's, that's how we met. Um, and then he just asked me to like do this little cameo in, in, the, in the, the Grand Budapest Hotel. This made yeah. Clotilde. Yeah, and he just, no, he asked me, like, would you do that for me? And I said, yes, of course, Wes. Right. And so then I met him, like, yeah. in, <laughs> uh, in person, yes. And this is how we met. And then he, I think he thought of me for the French Dispatch. He, yes. I think he wrote the, the, the part yeah. for me. Yeah. He said that, yeah. yeah. But he, he didn't tell you all the details until you were I mean, there. No, but you know, Wes is like, yeah, I have this thing, maybe, I don't know if you want to do it. And I'm like, of course, Wes, I, you know, I would do anything <laughs> right. for you. I mean, and, uh, and he was like, so I, I, I know I read, like, they sent me, I, I, but it's not like, uh, he didn't hide anything. Yeah, it was yeah. just like, uh, I didn't really know, like, I got the, the, he sent me, I think, just my lines or whatever. Yeah. But, but then, um, yeah. So French Dispatch was last year, and you guys have... Yes. Yeah. Um, now, all right, that same year as Grand Budapest 2013 is the one that maybe you're most closely associated with, Blue is the Warmest Color, which we started to talk about. Just if anybody needs a reminder, Emma, this blue-haired art student who is openly uh, a lesbian, gets romantically involved with this younger woman, played by Adele XR Shopolis who is discovering her own sexuality. What made you want to sign on to that project? Was it the director? Was it the story, the character? And, um, and then can you talk about, this is one where, you know, um, it seems like the work went on both before the, before the shoot and during the shoot, maybe longer than anything else that you've done. Yes. Yeah, it was a very long process, yeah. process because uh, it's the way he works. And I was a huge fan of uh, Abdelatif Kishish. I'm still, I think he's one of the great French filmmaker mm -hmm. here. And uh, so 
yeah, I met him like in a cafe the first time, and he told me about the story and it that it that it was based on a comic book. So I read the comic book, and then, but he like what he wanted is that he he asked me to just uh, like be extremely um, like involved uh, in the process, but also like it it really required like all of my time, and I was like. I had to be there for him. He, like, I had to, like, also uh, have, like, we, we, like, meetings in, in cafe and have drinks and we talked and it was just, like, he wanted to, this is how he, like, he wanted to, to know everything about my life. Mm. And, uh, and, and so this is how it's, it started. But it's, it's, uh, yeah, it was, it was a very demanding process because it's just like I didn't have any like I, I, I couldn't have any life it's like, oh, yeah. yeah and I mean I guess so just to give some idea of the chronology this was this was like months before you start shooting in March 2012 then the shoot's supposed to be like two and a half months something like that it goes five months um, it was more than that more than five yeah I guess let's talk about some of what was going on in the lead up. You said you were, for you, it was really important if you're going to play the sort of more assertive person in this relationship that you were going to study the way certain other actors physically carried themselves, right? There, who were some of the people that you modeled your character after? I think my brother. <laughs> yeah. But also... It was my... But also... Maybe... Some Marlon Brando, right? There oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, I've just... Uh, no, because I'm, I'm a huge uh, fan of uh, Marlon Brando. Uh, there's uh, something he's, uh, that, that really that touches me. Is he's uh, he's uh, wounded. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. There is, like, uh, this uh, vulnerability, and, and um, there is this truth, like about him but no it was it was yeah maybe like I think I was like um Did you can well, see the way yeah, you just I, carry yourself like yeah, you're I was like yeah exactly because I think that physicality uh, uh in a in a role is as is, is extremely important so it's the way you just uh yeah hold yourself mm -hmm. and it's it's true that I and I, I I found the character when I when I knew how she was walking. I guess a pretty important thing here was going to be who your co-star was going to be because you guys were going to be together for a long time doing some pretty intimate stuff. And I believe Adele was not the original. No, she was not. Right? Yeah. So how did, was there, when, when she gets brought on, was there like a chemistry test or was it just like, yes. good luck to you guys? It was like a chemistry okay, test. Good. Yes. <laughs> no, we just like, yeah, we, 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 we read lines. Uh, with uh, with Kishish, uh, and so we just like we just like spent some time together. But he, she was like amazing, yeah, yeah, right away. And in this case, you, even though you're playing a woman who they, there's this kind of uh, uh, infatuation that these two women have with each other, you you once said that it was sort of modeled on. Maybe it's the same actor we were talking about earlier, but just like, you, you, you know, drawing somewhat on an experience of where you can be that into somebody else. Like there was some, you've said there was some 
prior relationship that was an influence? You think back on something from your own life? Yeah, of course, yeah. but always. Always. Like, uh, yeah. That's yeah. how you do it. Yeah. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, because I, I don't really believe in the, in the character, yeah. you know, the fact that uh, it's something that is outside of you. I think you build the character from, from you start with yourself. Yeah. And, uh, and so I've always felt that all the films I've done are uh, a variation of myself. Yeah. America, we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. I'll read you a funny quote from Adele that she had said about this. She said that, quote, during the shoot, sometimes when we had free time, we'd be looking at a magazine and see Marianne Cotillard in Hollywood, and we'd say, she's so lucky, close quote, because it looked a lot more uh, perhaps pleasant than what you guys were going through. What you obviously it seems like there are very complicated feelings when you think back about this movie, because obviously it became what you were describing earlier, this great moment in your career where you win the highest honor at the Cannes Film Festival. You're, you know, it puts you on a different kind of level in people's awareness and in the business. But it was it was not fun. No, 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 it was not fun. But I mean, no, it was really, really tough. Um, but uh, the process was very difficult, and uh, it was not because what, what because of what we, we 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 had to do in the film. It was because of the technique that he used. Just endless takes. Endless takes, and he was like very uh, um, manipulative, uh, and uh, psychologically, it was very hard to just uh, handle that. Yeah. But so yes, yeah, so when when the film was in, when I knew that the film was like um, selected for for the for the main competition, I remember I cried. It's the first time ever that I cried for a film because it was such a, a relief, you know. Because we, yeah, because we, we we worked so hard, Adele and I for for that film, and um, and uh, so yeah, and but then we were. Obviously, we were very, very scared because of the scenes, and it was like the yeah, yeah, and and the scenes are extreme. I mean, uh, so we were just excited and 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 panicked, and yeah. but um, I was I thought at the time I remember that this would be the end of my career. What? Like this film because because of the sex scenes, I was I thought like okay, it's the end. Like it's it's uh, I feel. Uh, ashamed, I felt ashamed of what I, what I, what I, what I did, and um, and so was it what you did, or the fact that you had to do it a million times over? Like I guess the mo the the epic scene in the movie with involving that stuff was like ten days of shooting it. Yeah, but I didn't count because it was like maybe more than more. that. Like it was just endless, you know. It's, yeah. And um, so yeah, so I was I was I was afraid. I was yeah. very afraid. I was very afraid. Uh, and so yeah, I thought that okay, once this movie 
will um, <laughs> will come out like it's going to be the end of everything, but it's fine. I'm prepared. And then then the 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 the, the movie. I mean, we know what Yeah, yeah. Well, we know I guess for you, can you set the scene? You're in the you're in this building in the Palais on the night of the closing ceremony. There was no expectation that. Had you heard any rumors or anything that what was going to happen was going to happen, or did you were you totally surprised? No, first, like the the movie, you know, they scream. I don't know how they do it now if mm -hmm. it's still the same thing, but like uh, the, the the projections yeah. for the for the for the journalists uh, is before yeah the press screenings. yeah the yeah, press yeah. screenings is before the official one, and so we like I remember. That that year, like the festival was very like it was very gray and rain, yeah, rainy and yeah. yeah and it it was like people were a bit like not super excited. There was like not it was not like the the you know the the the, the magic was not right. there really. And so the movie just uh, uh, screened and like all of a sudden it became like crazy. Yeah. Like people were talking. We're talking about uh, talked about the film like it was all over like Twitter, mm -hmm. like everybody was talking about that film. It's it's really really crazy, and uh, I was oh my god that's such a, you know it's it's like a, it's it's amazing because I really thought that it was going to be the end of everything you know and I was like but and 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 because we worked so hard on that yeah. film you know it's it's it was more than making a film it was really like uh, I mean it took like more than a year of my life. And it was like wow, and we touched people with this movie, and 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 people in this in the I remember in the streets here were like, oh, I saw the movie, and people were just so moved, and it was like really the greatest reward, you know. And and then so I remember that uh, it was like um, it was almost the end of the festival, yeah. uh, uh, and so we had to stay because we knew that the price was like. Probably, probably a yeah, price yeah. was like uh, <laughs> um, coming, and so I remember that the the the, the publicist of the of the movie uh, uh, came and said, "Okay, guys, it's gonna be a great." He came to us yeah. like he was like, "Okay, it's gonna be a great price. It's not the, the Palme d'Or. It's not the Palme d'Or, okay? <laughs> but it's going to be big." And we're like, "Really?" Yeah. <laughs> and then, so we, I thought, "Okay, it's not the Palme d'Or, but it's going to be yeah. big." And then I remember when I was. Um, in the in the Palais des Lumières, mm -hmm. um, so the price, you know, it starts with the nana, and then yes, it, it yes. increases. Except it, when it, Spike Lee's doing it. My <laughs> 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 God! Uh, but then, and it was, and that year it yeah. was uh, Steven Spielberg. Yes. It was the, it, and I remember, like, yeah, the, the jury this year was amazing, and so I was like in, in the in the in the room. And I was seated next to Appellatif uh, Kishish, and so the prize were like, uh, like coming one after another. And then you have the Grand, the Grand Prix, and when you have the Grand Prix, you know that the Palme d'Or is like right. the next. And when they announced the Grand Prix, I was like, wow, we have the Palme d'Or. And I turned to, to Appellatif, and I just held his arm like that, and I said, Abdel, we have the Palme d'Or, we have the Palme d'Or. And look at me like that. And he said, shut up. <laughs> and when you're saying we, when you're saying we, you didn't know how much we that really was. because No, right? I didn't know. Yeah. And yeah. then, so, so I thought, okay, the yeah. film has the Palme d'Or. And then they announced yeah. our names, our three names. 
and we're not allowed to go on stage. Like he just kept us like on the Who side. Did? The, the director. And he went on stage and he wanted to do his speech, his speech, and we're not allowed yet to go on stage. And and so after we, we and so we came after. And we but anyway we had only that. time in seventy five years that yeah. the stars have been recognized with the director. Yes. But you know what? Yeah. It was the first time also that we were that actors were recognized in in, in the fact that they are also the creators. Yeah, creators and the the, the, the yeah. co writers in right. a way. Totally with yes. that movie. So last question about that movie. Knowing how it all turned out, if you could go back to the moment where you decided to do it. Would you still do it? Yes, of course. Definitely? Yes, yes. <laughs> okay, just checking. <laughs> no, and, and you know, I love the film. Yeah. I really love the film, yeah. and I'm proud of it. And, and, uh, but yes. no sequel. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so just moving ahead, you've so many that I w wish we could talk more about, but don't have the time. I mean, The Lobster, you pick, you work with such... It's not like the kind of obvious list of directors. This is Yorgos Lanthimos after Dogtooth, before The Favorite. You were the leader of the rebel group there. That's 2015. But the other little movie you did in 2015 was the first of your two Bond movies, Spectre. Madeline Swan, psychiatrist, who's the daughter of Bond's nemesis, Mr. White, but also becomes involved with Bond, of course. Um, just thinking about it and, you know, when you were first, when this was first raised, Yes, they do. We see you as a Bond girl or a Bond woman, whichever we say these days. Um, were you immediately convinced that this was a good idea or did it take like, you know, could you see yourself as a Bond girl? No, not at all. No, no. But uh, I thought, I mean, it was hard to say no. Yeah, right. Uh, no, and again, it's like adapting, you know. And I was I was happy to be part of a film, like a, a big action film, entertaining, you know. It was, and actually, it was super fun to make. Like, really, I think it was one of the greatest uh, shooting I've. Perspectives. Yeah, Perspectives yeah. was great. I mean, it was just I was, you know, so happy to be here and. And, um, and, and also I love to work like in a different language mm -hmm. for me. It's, it's uh, very exotic, scary. you know? Yeah, of course it yeah. scares me, but, uh, I'm always scared. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, it's really, I'm, I'm really, really happy I've been part of it. And, and I mean, it's, and the way those films are made, it's not like, um, it's, it's, you know, the family, the, yeah. uh, Barbara and Michael, um, they're just, uh, I mean, they're just like amazing people. So it, it's no, I, I felt, I mean, it's no, I, I, I feel very, very, very lucky. Well, let's just note that Bond girls, the, the characters, not the actresses, do not appear in more than one film. There's only one before you who did, Eunice Gason's Sylvia Trench, who was in Dr. No and from Russia with Love. Several actresses played different Bond girls, but this is a, yours is a real character, a person who um, has something to say, is not just there to be looked at. Um, I guess, was it meaningful to be asked back with a different director for a different Bond 
six years later, well, it wasn't, I guess the pandemic delayed it a little bit, but for No Time to Die with first one, Sam Mendes, second one, Carrie Fukunaga. But just like knowing that that doesn't happen. Yeah. That might yes, be cool. yes, yeah. yes. Yeah, I was, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's crazy. Uh, <laughs> um, no, but, and also I've, I've, like I've worked with the real film, filmmakers, yeah. you know, Sam Mendes, I mean, so. He's, he's, I mean, he's great, and uh, and Carrie as well, and they are very different, mm-hmm. uh, one to another. So it was, it's always very interesting. And I have to say that what I love is I love to work with filmmakers. Yeah. And, and with uh, Carrie, you really kind yes. of shaped the the character, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, and also I, it, it's, um, I mean, she's not a typical Bond girl. Madeleine. Yeah, no, definitely not. No, Madeleine, she's special. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, she's just. Uh, I like the fact that she was not like um, objectified, right. and uh, that I think that uh, people could like relate to her. Totally. Okay, so and we've already said this. No time to die was part of your crazy 2021. Also, the French Dispatch, where you were the prison guard slash muse of this Benicio del Toro character for Wes Anderson that you can't even describe it. Um, another Cesar nomination for France, Bruno Dumont's film in which you're playing this title character. Um, many people love you know, me too. Okay, Anyone it. That, yeah, no, it's just an amazing, cr- crazy, uh, crazy performance. Crazy yeah. But yeah. Um, this brings us to 2022 and the 75th can, which we're at now. Two movies. Let's start with David Cronenberg's *Crimes of the Future*, which you're in which you're playing Caprice, a woman who partners with a man named Saul Vigo Mortensen to make performance art out of body organs, which people in the future are able to kind of grow in to grow, which is a new concept, um, and also to basically not feel pain. So, what do you do if you if your body can basically become a canvas. That's a, not, not, no spoilers. I know it's still to premiere here, but this is very Cronenberg. David Cronenberg has described it as, quote, a meditation on human evolution, close quote, and quote, a continuity of my understanding of technology as connected to the human body, close quote. So I know that you were very interested in the idea of working with Cronenberg. Is it because, of, you know, these are the kinds of little bit out there movies that he's very you know, known for, why were you so interested in working with him and how you originally, I think, were going to, were approached about the character that Kristen Stewart ended up playing. So why did you, why did that change? Uh, it changed because uh, another actress was supposed to play my part and so just, uh, she couldn't do it. Yeah. So, you know, uh, which was like really, re- I was really happy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but yes, I, I, how did it happen? You know, it was re- during pandemic, so right. I couldn't meet uh, um, David in person. So we just, uh, we, we Skyped mm-hmm. and we, 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 we got along really well. Yep. Um, and then uh, I, yeah, the script is, was kind of, Strange. Yes. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't think I understood everything, yeah. uh, but um, I found his films extremely poetic, and um, 
and I just like, it was a new adventure. I, 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 I'm just, uh, I was, I was just, I wanted to, to, yeah, work with him. And, and again, like it's, because I've always felt that cinema was a way to question the world, yeah. you know, and like every filmmakers have their own point, point of view. And that's what I like. And so, yeah, it makes me just think about like, I, like, I, what I like when I work with a filmmaker is I like to be given uh, questions and not answers. Yeah. And I, yeah, so this I like to. It's just uh, yeah, it is. And that, and yeah. there is like also a, a philosophical d dimension. It's that's, right. um, that's right. Well, Cronenberg loved your performance. He said, "Quote to my non-surprise, Leia brought a great acting intelligence." and culture to the role, along with an incredible emotional sense that I knew she would bring, it really transforms the character of Caprice. She's still saying the same dialogue that was in the original script, but coming from Leia, it has a depth and emotional impact that other actresses would not have brought. So it was very exciting working with her. She's just a delight to work with, close quote. So that is a movie that people will get to see. For people in the room, this is going to be tomorrow, so that's very exciting. And then there's another one which you mentioned, Mia Hansen Love, called One Fine Morning, story of this woman, a single mother, juggling the responsibility of caring for an ailing father while also having an affair. And this one, I think, was shot before Crimes, right? No, it was, no, I told oh, you. Oh, you said it was si uh, no, simul yes, yes, yes. No, before. No, you're right. Yeah, okay, no, okay. no, you're right. And uh, before and after. Before and after, yeah, It was a very long shoot. Yeah. And this is where I got COVID, by the way. Fuckers. <laughs> uh, no, so I guess let's, let's here's an opportunity to note, just because we're talking about Mia Hansen Love. You have worked with a lot of very talented female directors. Rebecca Zlotowski several times and another time which coming up, which we'll talk about. Mm -hmm. Ursula Meyer, Jessica Hausner, Catherine Breyat. Um, I'm sure I'm... My two first films. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right, right. Uh, uh, it was a, Adele, um, it was a, a teen movie. Teen like, movie, um, yes. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. The, but, uh, well, so I guess, do you seek out... Uh, is, there a is there a difference being directed by a female filmmaker versus a male? Do you seek out female filmmakers, or is this just kind of the way it's worked out? Like, using One Fine Morning as an example. Yes. Was that because of the filmmaker? Yes, of course. I mean, uh, uh, I like, I, I don't, I, as, as, uh, I don't want to be stuck in one place, yeah. you know, and, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm happy that I'm able to, to, I mean, to work in France, in my country, but I also love to, to, to work with people from, you know, from other parts of the world. So, and I've, I've I, 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 yeah, I just want to, I don't want to, to have like, um, boundaries. Yeah. You know, so, so I, I, but what I like about working with, with women is that they are more of, um, alter ego. They don't, uh, it, they don't fantasize. Yeah. It's true. Mm -hmm. It's more like maybe they're talking about themselves mm -hmm. a bit more. Whereas, uh, a, a male director will, would like, yeah, have well, his like fa fantasy yeah. or it's more, um, uh, something, I mean, something like a woman is uh, a, a strange creature yes, for him. Yes, foreign, <laughs> foreign <object. Yeah. laughs> Well, um, this brings us to just the last two minutes, just some big picture stuff. It was announced during this festival 
that you will be doing a film called Emmanuel, which is a title people are familiar with, but it's going to be kind of rebooted, redone, modernized. What drew you to that? Let's just because people are everybody's talking and excited that you're doing it. Yes. Yes, I'm, I'm really, really happy to, to... I'm very excited about the project. When, we, when I spoke with uh, Audrey yeah. Diwan, the director, she told me that uh, she wanted to talk about a woman, a woman of uh, nowadays, yeah. that she sees, that she knows, but that she doesn't, that she doesn't see on, on the screen. And uh, I understood what she meant. Mm-hmm. And um, I think she wants to, yeah, to, to, to talk about, like, just how, what it takes to be a woman today and uh, a woman who, who is like a, um, like a, like a woman who has like her own, her, her own, um, our relationship to our sexuality. Yeah. And it's, it's something that hasn't been like, uh, Shown, I guess, in on on. on I mean, in 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 cinema, it's uh, uh, like a female a female perspective on a female's like uh, relationship to the to the to her sexuality and and the fact that uh, that it's. Um, I mean, it's um, we 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 also feel strong in our sexuality, but it's. Still, like we're still in the process where it's not. Uh, it's like we're building things. And it's interesting, though, that because you talked about the challenges of of blue is the warmest color, that that did not deter you in any way from going back to a, a part where sexuality is very central. Yeah, no, I have absolutely no problem yeah. with uh, sexuality. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's uh, it's something that I like to see, like yeah. uh, as a you know as a spectator, I like to see that to 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 see uh, um, to see those those scenes on on the screen. And um, but it's true that they are they are very often and like, most of the time they are filmed by by men with a male gaze, and or they are like. Uh, Completely like uh, desexualized or unsexualized by certain women because they don't want to have like a male gaze on, you know, yeah, on the, yeah, on them. So, and I think that no, we want to talk about with Audrey about sexuality and, but, but from a woman's point of view. Yeah, it's exciting. Um, biggest difference between making a movie in France. And making a movie in America. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's very different. Yes. And at the same time, same because yes. you always you are like it's you in front of a camera, yeah. and uh, it's like a writer in front of uh, his uh, blank page. Yeah. You know, it's just the the where you have to you have to create something out of nothing, yeah. and that's what's uh, what I love. Yeah. If there's a college course on Lea Seydoux's career and they can only show one movie in full to the students, which movie do you want them to see to kind of know what you're all about? You have to answer that question. I, I have an opinion. <laughs> because, man, you yeah. know, I don't know. Um, 
it's just, you know, I feel that I give like, when I, when I act, I just open myself. I give everything I can. I'm really committed. And then after it's, uh, it's just a, like, I feel that it's like a gift to everyone that I'm, yeah. yeah, to everyone. And Last question. Um, do you have a specific dream or ambition or something that you haven't yet gotten to do as an actress that you want to make sure you do before the world blows up or whatever's going to happen to all of us? Just is there something, what's, what's the most important thing for you to get to do that you haven't gotten to do yet? I just feel that I'm just starting right now as an actress I don't feel uh, when you when you name all the films that I've done I'm like I don't think I'm really aware of that uh no I I just uh every time I do a film I I feel that it's the first the first one I just I I I don't know that's all we have a lot to look forward to and uh (laughs) Thank you so much for taking the time to do this. We really Thank appreciate you. it. Thank you so much, Dr. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks very much for tuning in to Awards Chatter. We really appreciate you taking the time to do that and would really appreciate you taking a minute more to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or your podcast app and to leave us a rating as well. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, you can reach me via Twitter at twitter.com slash Scott Feinberg. Until next time, thanks for joining us.